Rob, we're back. We are back. And to commemorate us being back, let's talk about dumb sports. We had a Twitter message uh, here. What do we? What do you call it? A post? A Twitter post? Tweet? A tweet? Oh, mm-hmm. that's what the kids are calling them. The History of Bad Ideas podcast asking about the top five favorite non-mainstream sports leagues of all time. I couldn't limit myself to just five here. Um, I'm just going to go quickly down through the list here. Number one, Marble Races. Uh, Excellent thing on YouTube. Number two, Supercross. That's not Motocross. It's Supercross. What is the difference? Um, There are a lot more berms and whoop sections. Whoops. Number three, Aussie Rules Football. Go Adelaide. Number four, 1980s Class B Rally Racing. <laughs> Just the 1980s. God, that was hot. Number five, Crokinole. Well, that's not real. You put it in the hole, Crokinole. That's their slogan. Number six, <laughs> Billiards. Number seven, Winner Biathlon. Wait, Biathlon, that's the skiing and shooting one? You got it. All right, I'm in. People really have to do that, Rob. <laughs> Somebody has to. There's a, there's a whole medal ceremony for it. Number eight, roller derby, but with demolition derby cars. <laughs> I've seen it. <laughs> really? Number nine, that indoor bicycle racing with stairs that you have to race up the stairs and bring your bike. This has never been seen by anybody else in the world, Alan. Saw it on Universal Sports. I, can't, I don't know what to tell you. Number 10, Dota 2. Bang the list. We are out. <laughs> out. It's time, time for a thrilling story of romance, adventure, mystery, anything with an expired copyright. It's time for another Interrupted Tale. Hello, and welcome to the show that usually ends. Another episode of Interrupted Tales, the podcast where my friend and I take turns reading stories to you, the listener, while the other person constantly interrupts. As always, I'm Rob, and I'm joined tonight by the Parisi to my squares, Alan. How are you, Alan? Well, I have a complicated relationship with my father who pushed me. (laughs) No, no, that was um, the fake jujitsu that they had. Okay. I had a basic concept, and it was stolen by Sorry, the board game. <laughs> That's the Parcheesi Squares. That's Parcheesi Squares. <laughs> um, <clears throat> well, we're back, and uh, we are full of just the kind of entertainment that you've been missing. Uh, and this week, we have got a great tale. Whoa, um, whoa, whoa, whoa. I think you're jumping the gun here, Rob. Am I? Yes. Because... We are back at Interrupted Tales, but we will soon also be back for the first time with Parasitology, our darkly comic sci-fi audio drama about a suicidal nerd and his alien parasite best friend. That's right. And that will be coming out on what schedule, Alan? Interrupted Tales one week, Parasitology the next week. Parapsychology debuts on February 26th. That's a Tuesday, just like a regular old Tuesday. You're going to hear it here first on the Interrupted Tales channel. It will also be in its own 
separate RSS feed for people that only want to listen to parapsychology. We're only going to do that for the first couple episodes, play it here on the Interrupted Tales, and, you know, just let you get a feel for it. Then every other week, we'll switch off. So one week, Interrupted Tales, the next week, parapsychology until the end of parapsychology season one. And then we go back to the regular old Interrupted Tales schedule. Every week, baby. Except when we're off for four months without telling you. <laughs> four months. Is that, is that the next time? Four months? I don't know. Sounds good to me. <sighs> I love you, socialism. So I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And it is a limited series. And uh, parapsychology is very different from what we do here. So full scripted audio drama. It is, there's sound. There's sound effects. Music. music. There's uh, there's fight scenes. There's ASMR pathos. Uh, subliminal messages. <laughs> number stations. It's all there, people. You just gotta follow the money. Follow the money straight to the chocolate eclairs. Are we still talking about our podcast? Let's get back to what the people want, Rob. This week, Alan, we've got a tale of love on the farm. From the March 1943 issue of Ranch Romances Magazine, <laughs> which is, I'm sure, it was an incredibly popular publication. Uh, if I learned anything from watching Hey Dude, <laughs> that's, yep, that that's it, right? You got it. Uh, well, tonight's tale is called Prairie Girl, and it's by Walt Mead. So now, it's time to wrestle up your favorite drink and curl up in your favorite saddle while we read you this week's tale. Her name was Anne Riley, but at some of the community gatherings, they called her Little Annie Rooney. And speaking of community gatherings, don't you just hate it when it's spring festival and all the apple butter comes in mason jars? I know I do. No one wants to eat butter from six months ago. Apples are not. And sometimes they've got the metal lid and a wax seal. It's like trying to get into Fort Knox. Also, I've got a lot of opinions on the natives. Oh, well, well, well thank you. What? Thank, thank, you. What? thank you, Ms. I, Ms. But I have Ms. 60 Annie minutes. Rooney, little Annie Rooney. Thank you. A pretty little thing she was, with wavy brown hair and the dancing blue eyes of the Irish. And the dancing delirium tremens hands, also of the Irish. <laughs> This podcast brought to you by 1914, when we could talk about the Irish. Back when we weren't people. <laughs> and always laughing, even at herself. Just a mite of a thing, too. Oh, that Annie Rooney. She was just the cutest little tardigrade that ever roamed the prairies. <laughs> just fields and fields of tardigrades covering... Centimeters. Water bears, as far as the eye could see. 105 pounds of happiness. As so far, far as the eye couldn't see. <laughs> that, yes. yes. 105 pounds of happiness. 
Plus that uh, Frontier 15 she put on working at the beef tallow shop. <laughs> Whoa, how could you not? You're just surrounded by beef tallow. They let you have as much beef tallow as you want the first day. <laughs> then you're so sick of the beef tallow, you never have the beef tallow again. Wouldn't happen to me, Alan. Every day, just <laughs> elbow deep in beef tallow. for all her 20 years she was really nothing but a child and so poor that a little gingham dress from the dust-covered racks of clay banks's dilapidated general store looked to her like the gown of a fairy princess Mm, yeah but gingham it doubles as a picnic tablecloth so it's easier to justify the nickel I'm dressed like a fairy princess you could eat ribs upon. (laughs) She could sell it to the Pizza Hut Corporation for millions. Millions. They need those. (laughs) Her family were hard-pressed to make ends meet, with eight hungry mouths to feed and all. The drought had taken its toll, and the family were clinging desperately to what little they had left. I feel like they might have confused a drought with a say, a flood or a tornado, mm-hmm. then you, you, see what, you see what I'm saying? The clinging, not necessarily required during all natural disasters. Ah, ah, The yeah. summer, you know what? Climate change is a hoax, Rob. Oh, okay. I was wondering where you're going with that. It's the government. <laughs> You've convinced me. The new green steel is what I call it. It seemed to have hit them harder than most, as is the way with some families. Anything they turned their hand to seemed never to pan out just right. Misfortune stalked them at every turn. Well, they should stop playing all random all mid then. (laughs) I know that. No, I know that doesn't. I know. I know. I know, people. I know. We don't need more letters from the corrections department. Please. (laughs) <laughs> the lol people <laughs> oh my god if they get right games in here everybody's gonna quit <laughs> then fortune smiled upon Anne in the buxom form of mrs davis who really wore the trousers for the two dot outfit she needed a girl through the busy season and Anne was so breathless with excitement and the prospects of earning some money of her own that she could scarcely accept above a whisper. Five whole silver dollars a week. Chocolate ones. We can split them eight ways. (laughs) No guilt for guilt. Everybody gets a nibble, and then three people get an extra nibble. Wow. That's that's living, Alan. And also, you can use the wrappers to abrade your thermocouple so that the furnace stays on during the winter. (laughs) That's some down-home prairie advice for all you folks out there. I, I think I saw it on Little House on the Prairie. <laughs> Only they called them cartwheels then. Why, that could buy a girl like Anne almost all the beautiful things in the whole world, including the $2 gold-tinted locket and chain that had been gathering dust for months in Clay Bank's forlorn general store window. Wow, real gold tint. Uh, actually, ma'am, that's a fool's gold tit. We found it looks realer to folks with your non-discriminating tastes. It's called pie right as rain. Is it? 
called Pyrite's Rain? Yeah, marketing my uh, fool's gold tint production technique. Hmm. Needs a snappy name. I feel like that's the name of a pie that they put gold leaf on top of and charge $400 a slice. Wait, let me write that down. Hold on. Okay. So Anne packed her few paltry belongings in her mother's battered old cardboard suitcase and went to live in the big rambling white house that overlooked the Yellowstone and which old man Davis had built when, as he put it, he was in the chips. Well, say, fella, that's a nice automobile you got there. You must be in the chips. I just bought a penthouse, so you know I'm deep in the Pringles. Look at those pearls. She must be positively swimming in creamy jalapeno poppables. Different forms of chips. Are you going to the Tostitos Ball this year? <laughs> I hear Chester Cheetah himself will be performing. Oh, dear. Oh, oh, I thought he was blacklisted. Oh, no, it was only mostly true. <laughs> Well, I haven't seen the Frito Bandito <laughs> for quite a while. Mm. Mm. Uh, mm. Uh, life. He was far from being poverty-stricken, even now, though Mother Nature had whittled him down some, and the experience rankled. But he still held to a half-dozen riders and a buster in the breaking pens. <laughs> Are we sure that's cowboy talk? Because... Leather chaps talk. Not exactly the same. Alan, depends on the cowboy, really. I agree. Depends. As for Anne, the poor girl didn't know how to act there at first. Mm, like Dakota Johnson. <laughs> no. 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 Oh, come on. What? No. no. I draw the line, Alan. Or, oh, no. Oh, you're saying she never learned how to exactly. act. Exactly. So okay, She's just right. a bad example. Okay, great. After sleeping three in a bed, as was the case at home, suddenly having a big, spacious bedroom all to herself proved too much, even for a girl with her happy disposition. Well, ranch romances, you, you took the scenic route, but you finally got to the promised land. All right. <laughs> yes. Tell sir. me more about that big, lonely bed. Well, Alan. And what's the thread count on the sheets? Oh, this was olden times. But they could still get pretty luxurious. I think it was seven. Does it have a dust ruffle? I like a dust ruffle. Only the dustiest of ruffles. Oof. She cried herself to sleep that first night. Tears of happiness mingled with a goodly slice of homesickness as well. Even a dugout can be home. Said the judge in Addison Russell's divorce case. And to explain that joke to myself, he's a bad guy. Yeah, not and, a good... And a major league ball player. And he deserves to sleep in a dugout and not have any of his homes and <laughs> a lot worse. And also, I had to look up somebody that that would be relevant for. Addison Russell, you made it on the show. And I'm not very happy about it. Nobody's happy with it. <laughs> it was only natural that Anne should come to know Jeff best was working the breaking pens. He often strolled up the path leading to the house for a cup of coffee, leaving several three-year-olds in the corral to chew on snaffle bits 
with a chance to think things over. Oh, God, what a monster. Oh, I hope he didn't take bets on who'd win in a fight. Oh, hor horses. Oh, three-year-old horses. Yep, yep, okay. I got it now. You you with it now? Uh, yep. Yep, mm -hmm. okay. All right, Colts. Yeah, probably. Mm. Jeff had a way with horses, and some said with women, too. Though I don't know about that. Wait, I... Excuse me, I just thought I'd interject my own personality into this. Thought we'd be discussing how good this guy was with the ladies, and uh, not to put myself above Jeff, but uh, I've got what it takes. Sincerely, the narrator. At least he was handsome and dashing enough to stir the hearts of most women, I thought. I thought long and hard about that, actually. <laughs> This is really where he's, his opinion's coming out, huh? Well, the, there's too much romance to be contained on this ranch. Oh, it is the, the ranchiest. It's, it's Yeah, it's pretty ranchy. It's hidden valley levels. Out. I mean, did we, did we put explicit on this? Because the, <laughs> the ranch factor is off the charts. Oh, it's just oozing out of every pore of this little story. It has pores. Your Honor, I stipulate the story has pores, to, so we could move on. Thank you. That's all I ask for. He'd been places, too. Mexico, the Argentine, and it even cowboyed some over in Hawaii. <laughs> Hawaiian cowboys. What are the cattle going to do? Swim? <laughs> Come on, where are they going to go? Hey, hey, don't go in that volcano. <laughs> they just sit around, eating coconuts all day. Sure, yeah. Spam. <laughs> yeah, coconut spam. They work on a dole plantation. I think we've got enough stereotypes of what happens in Hawaii here, Ron. Oh, boy. He knew all Alaska and mining to hear him. Mrs. Davis sniffed at that one and remarked, I never knew a cowpoke to do a hard day's work in his life. Jeff, quite unabashed, made it clear that it had been something of a lark at the time. And he wasn't looking for work. Leastwise, not a shovel job. Shovel sector is actually very hot right now. Across <laughs> several verticals, we've got snow piles, there's gravel piles, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. there's shit piles. Oh. In fact, uh, we'd be hiring you specifically to make them more vertical. Oh, yeah, you do not want a horizontal shit pile. No, that defeats the whole purpose. That's what the shovel sector is not about. <laughs> Mr. Davis, in the background as usual, would often look upon Jeff's empty cup after he had departed and remind Martha that someday she might be a mite too flip with the fellow and he'd up and quit. To which Mrs. Davis would reply, Let him. The woods are full of horse fighters. Oh no, don't go out there at night unless you've got carrots. They'll hoof you. <laughs> horse fighters behind every tree. <laughs> <laughs> What is that? <laughs> they, uh, they've gone feral, so... <laughs> they disguise themselves as cats so that people yes. don't blame the horses? <laughs> Unless, oh, God, are they werecat horses? Oh, no. Oh, no. What, what has the world come to? <sighs> Sad. But she knew otherwise. It was all very thrilling to Anne. Her face would go all pink, and her eyes shiny when she poured his coffee. 
She even mustered up enough courage to ask Mrs. Davis if she might try her hand at a two-layer chocolate cake. No, we're humble people, and we only eat one-layer cake like God intended. Dry. Or that really oily icing. You know, that's, that's kind of good at first, and then it stays on your hand for seven days. Hey, Rob, what would we do if we didn't tell the audience about bad kinds of icing? That's 50% of the show, at least. <laughs> yeah, I think we know which 50% it is. <laughs> Jeff had only made the remark that it was really the only kind of cake he'd ever given a rip for. Reminded him of his mother, he'd said. Sweet and stacked. I mean, uh, what? <laughs> Sorry, was I dreaming about cake again? Whoa, that's a normal dream to have. Everybody dreams about cake sometimes. Mm-hmm. I write that down again for your doctor. She'd been watching him work his youngsters from her prim perch on a top rail when he'd set it with his head tilted back in that challenging way he had, his eyes crinkled in a smile, and Anne had blushingly told him that it was her favorite cake, too. Well, it definitely isn't pressure, Chief. Even I stopped trying to convince my friends to listen after that one. <laughs> hmm. It's a cake joke, which, um... Hmm. And not a lot of people appreciate. No. And they shouldn't. <laughs> Jeff kept right on with his work and his coffee, and Anne continued to please Mrs. Davis with her culinary, though it didn't take a sharp woman like Mrs. Davis to see how events were shaping up. So her culinary what? Just her culinary. Her culinary. They take it easy down on the ranch, Alan. They don't need to use all the words. You think women showed off their culinary back in that day? Oh, well, it was pretty hot outside, so... Well, don't they wear petticoats and... At the junction? <laughs> Your Honor, uh, the defense will stipulate that uh, we are unaware of what a culinary would be on a woman <laughs> and have no desire to continue this conversation further. Quite well, she knew what was going on in the girl's heart. Reoxygenation of platelets. Mrs. Davis was uh, a good cook. She knew how to run a ranch. And she was a doctor. I Yeah, sure. Hey, I'm not a doctor, and I wrote that joke, Rob. I don't, I don't <laughs> think that's a necessary qualification. All right. I'm just trying to give someone her due. That's I mean, I am a registered nurse, which takes 10 years of medical school and... <laughs> We really do all the work. And and who are you registered with, Alan? N Nordstrom's. <laughs> That's, that sounds about right. No one claims to know to what lengths the courtship of the Bronco Buster might have gone. Even Mrs. Davis was left in doubt. Well, here we go. Little twist in the romance, mm -hmm. okay. I think maybe he actually got rich gold mining in Alaska, and he's been searching the plains for just the right down-to-earth woman who didn't care about his wealth. Oh, I love it. It's like Sweet Home Alabama, except completely different in every way. Yes. In fact, things happened so suddenly that it was several days before people could adjust themselves to the fact that Jeff was gone, and apparently for a long time. At least, that's what the grim-looking man with the star had said would likely be the case, though he didn't state specifically the reason. And no one asked him. Uh, 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 the 
and Just finishing our profile. Must like sci-fi, comedy, and be open-minded about alien symbiote roommates. Uh, headmates? Not with my thumbs, you aren't. I may be intensely lonely, but I'm not talk to people lonely. And why would you take me here? It's just what you need. Dopamine. Okay, jump. Uh, just a moment. Whoops. Forget the phone share. We have to jump. Jump, all right, push. Godfrey, post-profile. I didn't understand our gagagaga. To subscribe to Parasitecology, a darkly comic sci-fi audio drama about a suicidal nerd and his alien parasite best friend, say anything but no. No, God, why? You said no, God, why? Subscribing to Parasitecology. New episodes on Tuesdays. Is it possible that they skipped printing several pages in between paragraphs? Could be. Uh, you know, it's uh, from a cowboy's memoir, so maybe he just has a bad memoir. Um, <laughs> I would say the best case mm -hmm. would have to be that Jeff committed several heinous crimes, yeah. and that's the best case. That is the, the best case, is uh -huh. that he's going away for a long time. This is right. going beyond a little, you know, cattle wrestling, I think. Right. That's the end of our romance story. Uh, it was very, it was a very ranchy romance. Yeah, they flirted for half a paragraph, and then he went to prison. Yep. Well, <laughs> Jeff hopes he went to prison. <laughs> well, Alan... Uh, it was a, an abrupt story, but it had to have some kind of teaching that we can learn from. What would you say is the moral of this story? I would say that the moral is when it comes to love, it doesn't matter what crime you committed. It matters whether it's a hanging offense or not. <laughs> that's, that's when you know it's true love, when it's not. Yeah. Or wait, when it is. Uh, well, that's for... Scholars to decide, Rob. What do you think the moral is? I think the moral is, uh, wow. This is a tough one to say because uh, the plot is so intricate. It's so detailed. There's so much going on. The characters are so rich. It's almost, it's almost hard to see the overall, uh, overall landscape for what it is. So I think the moral of it is don't get paid in chocolate coins. You know what? I'm going to accept that. Okay, all right. You can cut it off. Oh, boy. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this week's episode of Interrupted Tales. Hey, we're back. We're going to have regular Interrupted Tales every other week. And you know what's on that week in between? It's Parapsychology, people. Get ready. Uh, follow Parapsychology at Parapsychology on most of your platforms and find it when it comes out on February 26th, uh, everywhere you get podcasts. So, enough pluggage. Uh, I hope that everybody enjoyed this, and I hope everyone tunes in next week for another exciting Interrupted 
And did you ever wonder what happened to Jeff? It's possible he went back to Hawaii. Personally, I'd rather be introducing myself to a hula girl than fighting horses. Or as they say, aloha. Tell. Hold on, I've got plenty more to say about the Polynesian people. Oh, tail, tail, tail.